Hey, this is Derek D Train He2. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Lawnmower 3.0. Son, what are you doing in here? Yeah, no, nothing. Did I hear you say manscape? Yeah. Son, take a seat. I was gonna wait till you were a little older to tell you about this. When I was about your age, I experimented with manscaping. Dad? That won't happen with the new Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It's made with skin-safe technology to help reduce against nicks and cuts. You can even shave your gooch. What's a gooch? Head over to manscaped.com and get yourself the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLHC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code BLHC20. It's time to shave your balls, eh guys? Hell, welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We've got another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. We've got all the usual suspects sitting in the house with us tonight. We've got our producer, Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And our IT guy, the local nerd on staff, Robbie B. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mama now? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark, the Dr. Morley. Oh, doctor. We've got a special guest with us tonight. we got Eddie Lack. Eddie Lack. Bunch of cups Can of I coffee, go Eddie. <laughs> hey, welcome to the show, Eddie. How are you doing tonight, man? Good. How are you, boys? Good. 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 Out in Arizona? Uh, out in Arizona, we are uh, the COVID hotspot, I heard last. Oh, <laughs> you're fucked. You're fucked. Congratulations. <laughs> We're mostly staying in our uh, back backyard and stuff, so we're not doing a lot. At least yeah. you're getting outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that's been like the nice thing about this because we've still been able to like spend time outside, be like by like the pool and everything, right? You golf, Eddie? Oh. Are you a golfer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I golf uh, as much as my wife allows me to golf. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We're all in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I golfed a lot last summer. Uh, this year, I think I'm pretty much down to like maybe once a week or once every two weeks. But yeah, it's it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. Eddie, when's the hot? When does it get real hot out there? Uh, <laughs> it, it's uh, starting now. <laughs> yeah, we have like a hundred today, but uh, we have. Uh, we have had dates like in the one tenth already, so it's like June and July. It's like really hot here, and like then it starts getting uh, cooler again. So, but I'd rather take like two months of this weather than eight months of rain and snow, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah you spent some time in Calgary. I mean, you definitely have some long winters up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my time in Calgary was so freaking short, so. <laughs> I mean, I uh, got traded there in July, and then I got traded away from there, I think, like, end of December. So I wasn't there for a very long time. <laughs> Do you think you'll ever move back to a winter climate? Uh, <laughs> I don't no. think so. I mean, uh, <laughs> that all depends, like... Uh, how my family and everything is doing back home in Sweden, but like the way that it's looking now, we're probably gonna move them over here instead because we, we love it so much. 
Smart move. How are things going at Arizona State? I mean, we were checking out your schedule before all the, you know, actually you got pretty much through a whole season, but um, you beat a lot of good teams, and, you know, the team looked like they were uh, pretty good this year. Yeah, like what people have to understand, too, is that this program is only five years old, right? And and, and, and it, just the players that have built this up to, like, a really competitive program, right? It's been so cool to be part of. And we were going to play in, like, the national tournament and everything before uh, this happened. And mo- mostly just felt so- sorry for our seniors and stuff that couldn't uh, play the last playoffs and everything, right? But, but yeah, it's a great program, and I'm super, super excited about the recruits and everything that we have coming in for next year, too. Yeah, Eddie, I, I see you beat uh, number eight Clarkson up in Potsdam, New York. That's actually where uh, all the guys on the podcast are from, um, you know, Canton and uh, Potsdam, New York, originally. Um, we all Suck are it, boys. now... <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're all we're down in the warmer climates now one guy's in florida uh and we're both in uh raleigh here with the hurricanes but uh um yeah you guys like we were just saying you guys uh you know beat clarkson um i think you uh tied, beat a couple other ring teams denver Quinnipiac. Uh, yeah, so, yeah in, in you're only five years uh old so i mean i don't know what they're doing how are you getting them down there but uh um, yeah, you guys are on fire. Yeah, yeah. And, like, just uh, we have this old ring that we're playing in now. Oh, I heard uh, about that, yeah. Yeah, uh, but they just started building, like, a brand-new facility here that's going to have, like, four or 5,000 seats. So once that is ready, like, why wouldn't you want to play for Arizona? You have, like, the warm and nice weather all, all all the time, you got a great team, great range. Everywhere. You got the ASU college with all of that, right? So, 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 yeah. I mean, uh, we're just gonna get better and better players, I think, too. So, it's gonna be fun. You guys so I, must have a monster budget out there. I mean, you fly everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. We we uh, have not bought anywhere yet. So, like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We usually play like a lot of games in like Boston or Colorado, right? So we usually fly out on like a Wednesday or Thursday uh, when we don't play until like Saturdays, right? So it's it's a, a very cool program that way. Hey, uh, Eddie, I know uh, Max Prozic. How's Max doing out there? I met, met him up in BU a few times. I had a nephew that played for BU, but uh, got good friends with Max. How's Max doing? Max, it's a great, great guy, great goalie. It was awesome to to uh, work with him this year and get to know him and everything, right? And 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 so he was a senior this year. I wish that he had one more year because he was just like so fun to be around and everything, right? So yeah, I love work, work, working with Max. He's a stand-up guy, classy guy, like. Uh... If I was a coach, you know, you want those guys because you don't have to worry about them at all. He's first guy at practice. He's, you know, 4-0 student. Just a great guy. But what's he going to do? Do you know what, what's his plans? Is he going over to Europe? Uh, so I'm not sure 100% because he he's not sure yet what he's going to do. I, I 
talked to him last week, and 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 yeah, he's he's kind of just like weighing his options and everything. So we'll see what he decides. So you know, Eddie, we we had you on because uh, we were talking on Twitter, and you you made a comment about how you know goaltending has changed and how you look at the stats of a goaltender has changed. You know, and on this show, we've talked several times. You know, from different eras, we talked to Grant Fuhrer, and Grant Fuhrer used to play, you know, the majority of the games. He used to play 70, 80 games. And now goaltending has transitioned to a two, you know, the tandem goalies. You got two guys. So, you know, we wanted to hear basically your perspective on how the evolution of goaltending has changed. Yeah, I mean... When you look at uh, the last, like, 10 years of Stanley Cup winners and everything, like, most, if not all of those teams have, like, had a guy that played, like, 45, 55 games, right? But you had the backup who played, like, 30, 35 games to give the starter a break and, like, keep him fresh for, like, the playoffs and everything, right? And I think that... That's something that a lot of teams are looking at now, just like not only to have just one or maybe two guys, but also having like three guys that can actually play, right? Because the position is so demanding on your body and everything now that you need to be able to give them like a break, right? Yeah. Nobody's playing back-to-back nights anymore. It just doesn't happen. No. No. And like... uh, the teams that are pushing and everything to like have the goalie play like 65 or 70 games or even 60. Like those are the teams that uh, look to make it like a round or two, but it's really tough to go the entire way with a goalie that has like that much mileage on him, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Just speaking to that, your buddy over in New York, uh, the King Lundqvist. I mean, he's in a situation where there's three goalies now, and he's found himself kind of getting bumped out. What do you think about that situation? I, I, I mean, first of all, we're like talk, talking about a guy that's been my idol for so long, right? <laughs> I looked up to and won a world championship with, so like, it might be like a little bit more emotional for me, but, but. Uh, uh, looking at him and looking at his games and his advanced stats and everything, like he has not like fallen off a cliff where he could like. When you look at it, and New York is just playing like the two younger guys. Like to me, it's I have no idea why they did it like that, but 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 uh, uh, that's not the way that I want the Kings to go out, right? So I. I uh, was hoping with like the trading deadline and everything I was hoping for maybe like Colorado to pick him up or like whatever right but unfortunately that didn't happen so we'll see what's going to happen now when they come back and it's playoffs and everything for them too so I hope that uh, he gets a chance to run with it again but 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 I mean it certainly doesn't look that way yeah Eddie they I mean you're right I mean the King has his numbers haven't dropped off at all. Actually, he went on a streak there for a little while, uh, uh, you know, this year. So he could definitely play. I think here on the podcast and a lot of people in the um, 
the hockey world, we thought for sure you'd be going to Colorado. But um, what kind of how is Lundquist? Like we all see him, you know, dressed up with his Gucci glasses, <laughs> getting out of a Porsche. Like he's that good-looking guy. How is he, anyways? Is he like a funny guy, or is he just uh, laid back and reserved? How is uh, the king? So I I saw like two different sides of him really because. He came in like just for the playoffs for the World Championship and just when he's focused and like are in like game mode and practice and everything, like he is so focused. He like doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't joke around a lot, right? But like then when we ended up winning and I saw him just like out (laughs) dancing, having fun and everything, right? Like that was so much fun for me to like see like the private Henrik and, and, and like how much fun he can be too. Yeah. Legend. He was a legend. What, what was your first game? Like, <laughs> I think, you, I think your first win Ed was in, uh, you played, um, Vancouver. against Calgary, right? Yeah. Played for Vancouver, yeah. beat Calgary yeah. in overtime. Yeah. Yeah. My, so I have a pretty funny story about that too. So my, uh, during that time, we were wearing like heart rate monitors and everything before the game or during the game. And my uh, heart rate during the national anthem, according <laughs> to the, the uh, uh, strength and conditioning coach for the Canucks, was like 185 or something. They're like, "How the <laughs> hell is this guy gonna like get it through the entire game?" Right? But yeah, somehow I I I managed to calm myself down a little bit. So, yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Once the puck drops, you're just playing hockey. Yeah, take <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, I was, like, normally nervous and stuff, like, the first couple or five minutes, right? And then I just calm myself down and just get in the game, right? Yeah. So, I'm, well, I'm curious, you know, Sticking to the Vancouver, you know, you, you got to, I guess, back up Luongo. You know, I'm curious, what was the reason they got, they got rid of Luongo? I mean, they, they raised the rafter, you know, raised his jersey in the rafters in Florida. I'm curious, they got rid of Luongo, brought in Miller, got rid of Miller. What, what who was making those decisions out there? It seems like, um, you know, they, they weren't so good in hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I just think that that was just like a mix between different leaderships and stuff, right? So when me and Luongo played together and then I ended up starting the outdoor game and everything, and I, I think, I don't, I don't want to speak for uh, Mike Gillis, but I think that, that Mike Gillis saw something in me uh, and thought that I could be like a number one goalie in the NHL. And, and when Luongo got traded and everything, and then Port played me like 25 games in a row or something, like I think if uh, Mike and Port and everyone got fired that offseason, that uh, they they probably would have kept just me and Marky as yeah. the tandem, right? But, but uh, then... They got canned, and then uh, Jim Benning came in, and he wanted to put his stamp on, on it, right? And and he had Ryan Miller before and everything. So that was just 
its way of making the team better. That's it. What What was your time like in uh, Carolina? Two of us are down here in Raleigh. We go to Canes games, hoping they could uh, do something down here. Uh, but what was your time like down here in North Hills, Raleigh? Great, great. I mean, uh, me and my wife, we loved uh, living there, and and I I think for like a, for like a single young guy in in like uh, the early 20s it's it's like not as fun of a city as like new york or something but but or me and my wife coming there and we've already pretty much done like the party scene and everything right and was <laughs> ready yeah. to uh, set, settle down but that was more of a perfect spot spot for us so so i think that uh it was still like a little bit too early with the rebuild and everything uh, that I was there to be like a hundred percent competitive, but like the way that they're play, playing now and like the way that those players have developed these past years, like they're a really fun team to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Some good, good players. I, I hope hey, we get some hockey back here. Hey Eddie, I mean, you're, you're a tall guy, you're a tall goalie. You know, that's the, seems to be the new style um, that of goalies that, that are making it to the NHL now, guys that are six feet plus. Um, do you think that, that that's kind of a requirement these days for, for goalies, like younger goalies that are trying to make it to that level? Um, if you have a short goalie, is it extremely difficult to make it to the NHL? I would say that it is more difficult. I mean, we have guys that make it work, like uh, uh, Juicy Soros is uh, under six feet, I think, or just around six feet. So, uh, I mean, uh, I don't want to be too discouraged for, like, young goalies <laughs> that are just, like, starting and everything, right? But the tall guys seem to move almost as well as, like, the smaller guys, right? And you pretty much cover the equals uh, or you cover more of the net when you're a bigger guy too, too. So I think that that's the way that it's going to be now for a while, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, you had the nickname the Stork. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stork and Special Ed, both, both for my name. <laughs> that's the hockey, that's the hockey locker room for you. Yeah. Who were some of the, you know, the best players that you had shooting on you? Who were who some of the guys that you were just like, damn? I mean, ju- just like the guy that I play- played against, Ovi was, was I mean, he's by, by far the greatest uh, goal scorer of our era probably ever, right? Especially with the way that goal- goaltending and everything has uh, developed these, like, last 15 years or so, but... But Ovi is uh, by far the best goal, goal scorer that I played play, played against. Uh, just guys that I played with, like Ryan Kessler, really good shot. Jeff Skinner, really, really, like, sh- shifty player, great shot. Uh, Sean Monaghan, uh, same, same thing. Who else did I play, play with? Taylor Hall's got got to be up there, yeah. So I I play with some good players too. You have any predictions if the you know if the playoffs start back up? Yeah, I I think it's gonna be really weird to predict 
anything with these playoffs. Like, I <laughs> think the sooner they start playing, the more or TV and the more interest and in everything they will get. So, so, so I, I'm just hoping that they will start soon and we get some ho- hockey to watch again. Yeah, for sure. I hear you. Amen. We're all there, yeah. We're all there. Just uh, curious to see what's uh, what's it like to be on the bench now. I mean, as uh, as a player and finally being a coach, it's you know I know I've been in that situation at not the level you're at, but you kind of like feel like you need to go out there and play for the guys sometimes, like because there's such competitiveness in in uh, in all of us, you know. And it's like you know you can only teach them so much and do so much in practice, and you know sometimes it, you feel like you know you don't do enough. But how how is it for you being behind the bench and and not being on the ice anymore? Is it kind of tough? Um, do you feel like you want to get back out there, or are you definitely done playing hockey? Oh, I'm definitely done. But, <laughs> but, but it sucks to watch, man, because like like we always say that that as coaches too, it's it's like you do your work Monday through. Thursday and like then it's pretty much done and it's like the guys right so so I I would like to be able to to contribute like a little bit more but it's so so like top and uh, it, basically when you get to that point you're just gonna have to trust the guys yeah you see Herm Edwards uh, around the athletic uh, building there <laughs> I've seen him a few times yeah he's yeah. he's like such a presence around here. Like, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> hey, Rob, didn't you have a question about uh, Jimmy Howard and stats and stuff like that you wanted to ask him? Yeah, well, I mean, this is a big part of it. We, we were talking about how, you know, it seems like playing in the NHL, you're, you're at an intersection of luck and skills, and, and sometimes you're at the mercy of you might have great skills, but you, you run into some bad luck. And I think Jimmy Howard, you know, we, we had a little bit of that conversation. Jimmy uh, is basically from the next town over from us. So, you know, we're, we're following his career. But, you know, as you said, it, it's highly unlikely that he just got that bad in a year. You know, what are your thoughts on Jimmy Howard in Detroit right now? Yeah, I mean, I think that you see this a lot, too, with the team that's rebuilding and just playing the young players that like might not be a hundred percent ready, but like you're hoping that they're going to be ready soon, but you're kind of grooming them into playing in those uh, situations to learn. Right. And, and, and I, I think that a lot of teams are going through that, those same faces. It's always so easy to blame the goalies. Right. And, and uh, just for like for like another example too, I mean, you see just like how Vancouver was like a few, a couple of years ago, and and people were not sold a hundred percent on Markstrom, but like now that they're starting to become like a little bit more competitive, they're getting in there in like the playoff talk and everything, and. All of a sudden, he's like a Vesna trophy ca- candidate, right? And that can't only be like the goalie, right? Like the goalie can't be just like really good one year and then he's really terrible the next year, right? Or like the same, like the goalie just can't be like 
average one year and and then he's like world class the next like i think that looking at markstrom like i think that he's been really good for the last like four years right and uh, that's the same thing when you go back to looking at jimmy howard too like he can't be just like fall off a cliff this year when he's been so consistent and so good for that many years in a row. That's my take on Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. It looks like they're ready to turn their back on him, which is you know fucked up. And exactly what you just said, Ed, is uh, you know the St. Louis Blues, uh, Jordan Bington. I mean, that's classic example with the guys he had in front of him and coming out of nowhere. So uh, yeah. It's a little bit of luck. Yeah, yeah. And, like, sometimes you're feeling it and you're getting into that groove and everything. And, like, sometimes you're just not. I mean, look at Corey Schneider with Jersey, too. Like, he went through one of these, like, bad spirals and and just, like, bad times, right? And he didn't win a game during, like, 2019, I think, right? And, And, like, when that stuff happens, that stuff just like goes through your head and it affects everyone around you and like the players and everything. And like you're up three two and you start to clinch a little bit more. It's like oh oh my god, like it, like it, it's this gonna be like the game that we win. And when you have a lot to lose, that's not when you play your best game, right? So yeah, and. That that's like the same with Corey too. Like it's not like he got that much worse, but like it, that team was just going through like a bad time, right? And and like the first guy that everyone blames is just the goalie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. When in reality, the the team in front of him was really the shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 uh, uh, you have to look at the full picture and that's why I don't think like the average fan is like doing he basically just see a goal go in and he's like well it's the goalie's fault yeah so Eddie you know for us we're, we're all forward so we're, we're forward-minded thinkers and that's you know a big reason we wanted to have you on you, you said how you, you look at goalies have changed you know can you talk a little bit what, what should us as forwards how should we be looking at goalies now how do we judge whether they're having good seasons or not? So I feel like like now, these days, there are more advanced stats and stuff uh, that you can get. And like the good stat, stat that I'm looking at is like how many goals has the goalie saved above average, right? And that's a stat that I think should be highlighted more on the NHL.com website and everything too. Like uh, that's a stat, by the way. The Lundqvist is really good in too. <laughs> and yeah. and just how many goals that the goalie has saved that he's not supposed to have saved, right? And like how many goals have he let in that he probably should have had? And that's a stat that I look on on a lot. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, you know, we, we certainly appreciate uh, your insights, Eddie. We're, what I was getting to is, as forward-minded players, you know, we look at goalies in the old-fashioned way. Wins, losses, saves, percentage, you know, goals against. 
And, uh, you know, we appreciate you certainly giving us a, a little bit of goaltending 
these goalies are getting more games under their belt. More looks, yeah. Yeah, they're getting more looks. It's good for the goalie position as a goalie. You're not, you know, one goalie and that's it. So, I mean, like, look at Jimmy Howard. We've talked about him. You know, he's with uh, Bernier up in Detroit now, and they battle back and forth for that spot. And then before that, it was – what was his name? He went to uh, Carolina. Mrazic. Um, so him and Mrazic battled, but that's, you know, it's just the way it is now. And like, even if you're the, the main goalie and you've been there the longest, you're still battling for that spot because you have somebody pushing you every fourth game or every third game that's coming in. So I like to see it. I, I think it's uh, it's good competition for that position and it pushes those guys to, you know, play their best every night they're in there. So I, I think it's a good thing, you know, and it's uh, tougher for these teams to, come up with two good goalies like you talk about grant fear okay we got grant fear we're good to go just get somebody that can go in if he gets hurt you know now, now the gm's got to find two guys that can compete in it uh, any night and try to win that cup prime example of that is the st louis blues i brought that up you got jordan byington and then you got uh jake allen i mean jake allen is a, a star-studded goalie any team would want him for sure and then uh Jordan just came out of uh, nowhere, and the next thing you know, he's on fire, like you said, Mark. Um, Yeah, giving Jake a few rest breaks. Got on fire, and now he hoisted the Stanley Cup, and he's making money, and he was he's all over the place, um, uh, NHL wise. So, prime example. Yeah, Rangers. Look at the Rangers now. I mean, a guy like Hendrik Lundqvist, he would never taken the back seat years ago. Um, yeah. At that point in his career, if he's still playing, still performing, they're not putting those two rookies up in front of him and, you know, putting them on the bench. Yeah, I think it was our, our conversation with Don Waddell where, you know, he, he said the, the league just has, you know, they're inundated with goaltenders now. It used to be yeah. the case that it was hard to find one goalie. And, and now they have, you know, at least in Carolina, they had two studs. And then they had three in Charlotte in the AHL. Yeah, family. yeah. Um, just call them that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys have gone to any of the USA hockey bullshit, but I was thinking it was level four I was at, and they were talking about, you know, because it's all coaches there for minor hockey, about how to develop better goalies, better USA goalies, because other countries are doing it a lot better than they are here in the United States. So, you know, encouraging people to play that position and um, letting more kids try it when they're young, not just sticking the kid that can't skate in net, that kind of <laughs> shit. You know, the biggest kid, put them in net, that kind of stuff. So, Lee Jennison, yeah. And the other aspect is that like 90% of the coaches don't know how to coach a goalie. You know, most forwards, even defensemen, don't know what to do to help a goalie train. They don't know... Um, you know, drills for them to do the up and downs, the uh, butterfly moves, all the bullshit that goes with practicing as a goalie, opposed to just firing pucks at them. You know, so <laughs> like they're trying, like the USA Hockey is trying to get to the point where they can come up with a system. Um, and I think they have what, Van Beesbrook uh, on board now, uh, trying to help develop these younger goalies. Um, so we'll see more USA. Have you guys seen any of the goalie camps now? They're, they're, they've changed so much. Like a lot of it is, you know, they're on their knees and they're, they're using one skate, the edges, and they'll, they'll be on one pad sliding and just using a skate to get around a pylon. And then they use the other side to get around the other pylon. They have full regiments now for goaltending specifically, you know, think about when we were playing, you know, Mark said, 
you basically you, you stuck a goalie on the side and you were firing pucks at him just to get some shots, right? Yeah. It's changed. The, the game has changed so much. I mean, they have all these, um, you know, like the you know, for forwards, they have all the, you know, you're skating around these uh, different, I, I don't even know what they're fucking called, but. They're like they're pylons with their stick on the ice and stuff. Yeah, they're not yeah, pylons yeah. anymore, but they're, they're sticks. They're, you know, they have like the sticks where you're skating in and out of them. And, yeah, so. You know, everything's just changed significantly. Oh, yeah, I mean, just us. You can talk to us about, uh, you know, we won multiple New York State championships, high school hockey, and our high school uh, coaches would just, uh, we'd fire the pucks at the goalie. And then even in college with me and a little juniors in Canada, as much as I can remember, I do not remember at all someone down at the end with the goalies. I mean, our head coach in high school was Randy Brown was a goalie. He worked a little bit, but. Not to the extent they are today, for sure. So when, yeah, when I was at Potsdam State, the the goaltending work was done after practice. You were expected to stay after, and you played like little shot games where, you know, you 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 had one guy shooting. Your shot was obviously trying to go in, and if there was a rebound, there was a couple of guys waiting to stuff it on you. Yeah. Know, so even that has changed, you know, significantly yeah. since two thousand four or five. Yeah, when I was playing. Yeah, down here in um, in Palm Beach, they have a, a guy that works with every team. So he's a coach for the program, and he does all levels, and he just comes to practice and works with the goalies for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes before every practice, even the little guys that my son's playing at. So these goalies are getting coached by a goalie. Um, he's putting them through the drills, and then the head coaches aren't, you know, expected to – teach them so yeah usa but, hockey wants wants the younger kids you, there's no assigned goaltender you know at least at the au i think they, they recommend that at 10u as well that your players should cycle through goaltending just to you know get a sense of you know what what every position is like so even yeah. that has changed yeah let's uh let's bump over to the Buffalo Sabres, I guess it's a gong show up there in Buffalo. Colossal, I mean, colossal the, firings. Yeah, the snow stopped, but there sure is a shit storm going on. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, 20, I, I don't know, 22 22? to 30, something like that. Uh, people just got fired, let go in Buffalo from the AHL, scouts, coaches, general managers, assistant general managers. It's a fucking wholesale line change in buffalo and let me tell you people's heads are exploding yeah so just for all the listeners that you know jack eichel came out about three weeks ago publicly about his frustrations with the team um they, they haven't made uh um they, they missed playoffs nine straight seasons uh jack eichel is a workhorse uh you know one of the top players in the league he he fights for the team puts puck in the net i mean i think jack had this year like I forget how many uh, uh, hat tricks he had, but uh, yeah. So he made a little public statement uh, that he was frustrated. And then here we are with all these uh, firings. And what I took was, you know, the uh, owners of the team um, came out public and said that the communication was not trickling down. You know, I'm not going to quote that, but what it sounded to me was it's not trickling down from us to, everyone else the the staff so they went ahead like rob just said and uh, the hl team got uh you know like you said coaches assistant coaches all the scouts um i mean 22 people 
in the NHL, AHL um, affiliation of the Buffalo Sabres has been fired. This is huge. This puts a lot on Buffalo. I mean, Rob, you're a big Buffalo uh, Sabres fan. Fuck, they might get another top draft pick, maybe top five. They're even talking top one. There's his Buffalo Sabres diehard. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I'm going to go on a tangent here, you know. And not a tangent. I'm going to kind of go off, you know, a little bit and talk about Buffalo. I'm from, we're from near Buffalo area. It's a tough city to be a, a professional athlete. I mean, Eddie said something, uh, mentioned, you know, Carolina was fun. It was good to him. However, you know, it's not New York City. It's not. Um, you know, San Jose, it's not these uh, uh, pretty cool cities that you can go out and party in San Jose, L.A. Buffalo is that. I, I love Buffalo. I love their sports fans, the, you know, the Bills, the Sabres. I root for the Bills. But, I mean, it it's hard to keep players there, right, boys? I mean, am I wrong? Cincinnati Bengals. I just well, think, look, I, I mean, Jack, Jack's locked in, but it's just tough. They have diehard fans, but they just can't. I don't know what it is that they just can't. Look, when you're not it winning, it's hard to keep any any good players in any team in any league, right? And you know, Buffalo is one of those cities that wants it really, really bad. But like, you know, even the Bills um, back in the '90s, with um, you know the the run that they had, four Super Bowl losses. I mean, Jim Kelly. Fuck Jim Kelly. Yep. Um, you know, Buffalo, the, the Sabres specifically, you know, they, there's high expectations. It's kind of like Toronto. It's not the same. Um, Buffalo, the city, has high expectations for their teams. And, you know, for Jack Eichel, 36 goals and 42 assists. The guy had 78 points, and they didn't make playoffs. Right? So yeah. there's something frustrating. right there. Yeah, for sure. So Definitely I, I frustrating. Frustration. Yeah, and in Buffalo is one of the smallest cities probably in the NHL as far as the metro goes. Um, so as a player, I mean, there's obviously a lot prettier places to play, a lot warmer places to play, a lot more exciting yeah. places to go out and have dinner. Uh, you know, we talk about Winnipeg and how cold it is, similar situation, smaller city, smaller markets. You know, I mean, if you're a guy um, in Boston, New York, uh, you know, a bigger match, even Detroit, LA, Toronto, yeah, Detroit, Colorado. I mean, it's just your your endorsement money is probably more likely because there's you know so much more exposure. You know, so there's all kinds of factors that come into um, a small market team like Buffalo trying to compete with some of the larger metro areas uh, as far as players' likability of living there. Uh, and it's your I, attitude, right? I think your attitude going to the rink. You know, fuck, we suck. Pulled out. Winnipeg's a great example. We've mentioned that a bunch of times. Four like, foot of snow. Just the attitude going to the rink, like you're fucking a. You spill your coffee on your pants on the way to the rink. It's <laughs> fucking cold out. The snow's flying. You have to scrape your car off. I mean, I'm, these NHL players aren't scraping their car off. But, I mean, they might. But I'm just saying the attitude um, and those small market. Gotta suck, but yeah, yeah. You have nine losing seasons where you haven't made playoffs. You throw in some bad weather, and yeah, there's a lot of better <laughs> places you'd want to be. I bet Bogosian's glad he's he's gone. Yeah, right. At this point, right. thank you, Ryan O'Reilly. I mean, who who the fuck thought it was a good idea to get <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly out there? He lit a fire under his ass, and he wins a cup. I mean, yeah. you know, that has to hurt. 
Yeah. I mean, Buffalo definitely did this, I would say, for the whole reason of Jack Eichel going public with his frustration. So um, I, as a GM, I don't think I would have done that. Um, what they did down in uh, um, Rochester at the Amrix, they, uh, I mean, their new coach they've had there for two years, maybe three, uh, made the playoffs every year, which before he got hired, they, they didn't make playoffs. Um, Gord Deneen was the assistant coach. I can't think of the head head coach, but uh, they had a good staff. I don't. I I think they were just trying to you know set a tone as saying, listen, this is our team. Um, you know, listen to what we have to say. And I I don't know if that's good chemistry as a GM. Has, um, has this ever been done before? Have you have you ever seen? I don't think like with twenty two firings. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I mean I can't remember that this ever happening before. I think this even beats Trump's record firing in one day. So yeah. <laughs> that's saying something. Yeah, I mean, they, so. they kept the soccer coach, right? So, I mean, that sounds like uh, they really, Eichel, I think, in, in the team, it sounds like they really like Ralph. Ralphie. Ralphie. But, uh, you know, Ralphie. It, this is still, uh, you know, this is unprecedented territory. We've never seen anything like this before. A spotlight's on uh, Buffalo for the next two years, that's for sure, since this happened. A lot yeah. of talk about Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of talk about when they're actually going to drop the puck in. The NHL, I mean, we, this uh, COVID thing isn't over, spiking all over in Florida now. And, you know, yeah, I don't think coming, it's going to so. happen. I've talked to a couple players in the NHL, and uh, I don't, they're not too optimistic. So uh, uh, I don't know if it's going to happen at all. But, I mean, I think they're just kind of hyping it up, keeping people interested. I don't know. Maybe it will. I mean, they're practicing now, right? There's teams on the ice, Penguins are on the ice, the Bruins are on the ice. Two teams now have had players test positive, so Pittsburgh had some. Pittsburgh, it's, it's going to be tough. Arizona, I think, is another another team that, uh, you know, not surprising, had another player test positive. So, yeah. Well, that's about it in the NHL. Yeah. yeah, yeah, another good episode with Eddie Lack tonight, and uh, appreciate him coming on to talk to the Blue Liners. Yeah. Another perspective from one of our. Seems like we get a lot of goalies, boys. Get a lot of goalie perspective on this blue line. Strange breed, they Who said that? Uh, Clark Gillies said they were a strange breed. I think that was me, but yeah, Clark, that was true. Clark, Clark Gillies. <laughs> yeah, but we got some good guests coming on, so keep checking us out on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, you can watch these episodes on YouTube now. So check out our Ugly Mugs on YouTube. It's coming out uh, every week, so we have good audio and video for you guys and our our website bluelinehockeyclub.com has all of our past podcasts so get on there and check that out and uh until next time folks keep your stick on the ice sweet oh doctor keep your head up